Greetings and salutations. This is Isha Montgomery, and you are tuned into Hope Speaks, Episode 7. Thank you for joining me. I'm so excited that you're here and that you're listening. It's times like this when you need an outlet, and I can be that outlet for you. Um, Just to be transparent, I was going through my episodes, and I noticed uh, uh, that uh, I, I kind of mis, uh, mislabeled some of them, maybe... I was I was totally on the wrong episode numbers, but I want to let you know that I'm back on track and this is episode seven. And I changed the numbers in the description. So stay with me, hang with me, and we're gonna roll through this, right? Um, I do wanna let you know that it's been a very, very, very interesting um few days for me, few weeks actually. You know, I'm learning how to grow and adjust to change. I'm learning how to be um a, a different person, but still stay the same. Because when I tell you, God has been working on me in a mighty way. I almost feel like he's burning off all the things that's not of him at this point, you know, which is exciting. Um, I also realized something else. Online dating, it isn't for everybody. I had time to really think about it. My mother told me, she was like, stay away from online dating, you know, because sometimes you want attention that you don't need, or you think, okay, well, I need to I need to get back in the hang of things. I need to start back dating. And really, I can't date according to this Luciferian system. I have to date a different type of way because you can't go out there and try to get something for yourself sometimes. Sometimes God has to bring the person to you. Actually, I will say all the time because whenever I've tried my plans, they've never worked out. Um, but I'm thankful to say that these last three, four weeks, I've been spending a great amount of time with my family, my friends. I've been spending a great amount of time with myself figuring out what makes me tick, what makes me happy, what makes me sad, and what is my driving and motivating force in this lifetime. Um, I don't want to be someone who exists for the sake of pleasing another or being in a relationship, even if it's a pseudo relationship. So figuring out who I am is most important and most importantly, who I am in God. And also, I just want to send a shout out to all the real ones, you know, all the family and friends that are there to support you and, and love on you and care about you and let you know that you mean something to them. Because when it's all said and done, this world is a cold place without love. And I'm not just talking about the love from a partner. I mean, love in all of its beautiful forms and caveats, you know, the type of thing where you know that you have people who care about you, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're up or down whether you're happy or sad, you know, people that just want to see you okay. They want to see you rise above. They want to see you well and prosperous and, and blessed. And, and they want to see you level up. I, I just want to send a shout out to all the people that really care about their loved ones. And also remember, if Jesus had a Judas, that don't that doesn't make you um, any less likely to have one too. Jesus had 12 disciples and out of those 12, one of them was completely unloyal to him and sold him over to the Romans. So don't think you're special. We're all going to have trials and tribulations. We're all going to have people that turn on us and they're not what they seem. But the beautiful thing about life is you learn from things like that. Don't grow bitter from it because bitterness can eat up a beautiful soul. I just want to throw that out there. I don't know if anyone need to hear that, but I needed to hear it. <laughs> Okay, because sometimes it's easy to grow cold when you realize what's really going on out here. You look around, you be like, oh, 
Oh, these people hate me, Jesus. Some of these people don't mean me no good, right? But that's not everybody. That's just some people or maybe a large amount. Who really knows? But the point is you're always going to have those people who really care for you in there, in your corner. So those are the ones that you're blessed with. Everybody else, they're just for a season. And I can't hate on people for being trifling towards me in their season because really what that doing is that's teaching me how I should grow, who I am, what I'm made of. Because if that person didn't come along to challenge you, you would never know how to handle adversity. Sometimes people come and they hurt us for the sake of bringing out the best in us. So don't allow your pain, your struggle, your mistreatment to create a sense of loss. You're not the problem. All you can do is control how you react to being betrayed. And my whole thing is, if you're going to betray me, do it quickly, okay? <laughs> do what you do or do it quickly, okay? Because I don't, you know, I, I don't want to waste too much time on this. You know, some people are just a season for a reason. You weren't meant to be here for the rest of my life. And, and that's beautiful within itself, right? <laughs> because now I know that I have what it takes to move on and to grow and to be happy and to thrive. But nevertheless... The person that's meant for you, the people that's meant for you, the love that's meant to be in your life, the family members that are going to treat you right, the friends that are going to be right by your side, they're going to come along and, and those ones that are meant to be there, you'll know. You know, because God's so good to us that he knows certain things we won't appreciate until we grow. So I just want to send a shout out to all those wonderful people out there who who really want to be that, um, that, that, that want to be that person that's there right? The person that's consistent, the person that loves instead of hates, right? And and you know what? On the theme of love, I want to read you a poem. It's called One Kiss. One kiss is never enough. There must be dozens to make up for time loss. They must be doubled to address when the role less traveled gets rough. They need to cover the wounds and apply smooth balm to the scars that don't appear. They should last for days and stretch into years. Give a kiss strong enough to damp tears. Let it be so profound that it eradicates fears, brief hopefulness into moments that would mean nothing without you here. And that's why one kiss is never enough. Thank you. Again, the name of that poem is One Kiss. A shorty but a goodie in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, one thing I recognize is this. Um, a lot of times when we're going through things, we tend to fixate on the problem. Instead of finding a solution, for me, my greatest, um, my greatest pull through or, or the thing that's really helped me pull through in the months since my father's passing my father aka my best friend my dad dad my papa my baba my part of a big part of my heart you know him leaving really hurt me cut me to the core but what I realized was I couldn't stay in that place so for me arts and crafts um doing poetry um spending time with my family just being creative in general has really helped heal me 
in a great way. Now, am I still at 100%? No, baby. I'm vulnerable. And where I'm weak, I ask God for strength because I don't got it all. <laughs> okay. Uh, but because of who God is, I know that I can continue to go on and prosper and thrive in the way that my father would have wanted me to. And not only my father, my earthly father, but my father in heaven. And I want to read you another poem. The name of this poem is Creativity. It comes and goes like people moving through turnstiles in a downtown building. But it's always there. The artistic desires of the dreamer are continual and fail to end when creativity is at hand. So paint, draw, direct, sing, dance out your dreams to take the sailboat of happiness to a new land. We live in a whimsical world and our presence makes every day a little less bland. Thank you. And again, the name of that poem is Creativity. So um, lately I've been kind of um, looking at the situation in the world and I, I want to speak on the gas prices, right? And later on, I'm going to read you like a poem about like the cost of groceries and stuff. But I just want to touch on that right quick. It's a hot mess. I mean, the cost of living has just, it's gone out the window and through the roof, through the roof and it broke the roof clean open. Like, oh my gosh. I was looking at gas the other day. And yes, I said the other day, okay? Because I would say other, but the prices are so high, make you roll your tongue, ara. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's high, high, okay? The gas was so high. It was like at 419, 425. I said, good Lord. I said, mm, mm. You know, you know, it's too much for me. It hit me in the chest. I said, whoo. I said, I'm going to have to start driving less. The, the gas is so expensive. I sat the car down and then moved it for a week, Okay. I said, who can I get a ride with? I'm I'm hopping rides as though my family are taxi cab services. But don't tell my mother. I don't want to get in trouble with this show. So <laughs> yes, yes, I'm I'm telling you the, the, the cost of a the cost of the situation going down in Russia has exponentially hit hit the gas prices and the gas were was already getting a little bit high just from the cost of the pandemic and the groceries was already going up. The cost of living is going up. And, and what I see is, what I see is just a future that's just, whew, it's not cost effective. But nevertheless, I, I'm, I'm going to be positive because as long as I got Christ, I'm going to be okay. Because if God be for me, who can be against me? Nobody, baby. Nobody. I can't even be against me. That's how much Christ loves me. He won't even let me get down on myself, okay? So. <laughs> I'm sorry, I be talking stuff. But um, you know, but you know what? Let me read a poem for you. Okay. Okay, the name of this poem is called Grocery Store Prices. The cart fills up with the splendor of groceries galore, but the cost has increased to ridiculous heights. Zucchini, cucumbers, carrots, mushrooms, 
potatoes, celery, peaches, apples, grapes, pears, lemons, cherries, luncheon meat, turkey, chicken, frozen pizza, onion dip, chips, guacamole, French bread, all for the low price of $159. Take me back in time. Let's rewind to the days before the pandemic slump. Things weren't perfect, but living was affordable. You could spend $10 for lunch, now three jobs aren't enough. Keeping children and running schools is tough. Throwing quarters into a bottomless pit, hoping the well swells, but even on your toughest days, remember, all is well. Thank you. Again, the name of that poem is Grocery Store Prices. Um... Lately, I've been, I've, I've just, uh, I've had time to, to think a lot about the type of person I want to be. Not to be honest, I'm not the type to work three jobs. No, no, no. I do contract work. I, I write poetry. I do artistic work. Write books. But when it comes, but when it comes to like um, working like a whole bunch of jobs, like three full, like three, like two full times and a part time job, or one full time job and two part times, I I don't agree with that. You know, for the human body, because you can only go so long living that way. You know, you need a certain amount of rest, a certain amount of downtime. Because I think to myself, how can you hear from God when you're always running, when you're always busy? If Even if you're working like 70, 80 hours a week, right, from one job or, or 65 hours a week from one job, I just question how you can hear from the Lord. Because if you're that busy, I would assume that your body is taking such a hitting. Your mind is is so um, encapsulized by the, the stress of work that I would assume that it would affect you to the point where you're probably not getting a clear message. I I don't see that being really beneficial. Now, a man that doesn't work doesn't eat. That's one thing I believe. But when it comes to overworking and, and being pushed into this capitalistic system to feel as though you have to work until there's nothing left, I don't agree with that. You know, don't let capital, capitalism eat you up so much that you feel that God won't provide. Because I believe my God to be who he says he is. If I'm putting in the work, if I'm giving it my all, then how can I do more than that? That's just my point of view. I'm Because I'm starting to see people and it's like, they look like zombies. They look zombified. Like, you know, you can only work so much, push yourself so much before you begin to lose the vitality that you have before you begin to lose the the, the 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 soft dew, the soft glow in your skin, before you begin to lose the 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 shape in your hips, before you begin to um lose the quickness of your mind, before you start to go into this overtime where you're working so much that you don't see value in just sitting and having that rest time so that you can hear from the Lord. Or where you don't even feel like you have enough time to go to church. Because what is two hours a week when it comes to where you're going to spend your eternity, right? Like two hours a week isn't much to ask. And really, if you're spending time with God the way you should be, two hours isn't much to ask for at all. Really, to be honest with you, 
reading the Bible, that should be an everyday thing. Or at least spending time with the Lord again to know him or talking or praying. That should be a that should be a part of your life that's so consistent that you never feel alone. And since my dad died, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I've read the Bible a lot before he died, but once he died, I was hitting that Bible so I was hitting that Bible like an old man money. Okay? I was reading that Bible. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm wild. But seriously, I was reading that Bible like I was reading that Bible like I was about to find. It's just, it was like treasure in that Bible after my dad died because I didn't have that male in my life to talk to anymore about the things I used to talk to my dad with. Like there's things I talked to my dad about, you know, I used to talk to him about things that, um, it really only a man could address. And now that he's gone, I can only talk to the heavenly father and Jesus. And, and that's, that's good enough for me. Understand that's more than good enough. That's more than what most people have, and I'm thankful for that. But really, people have to take that time to focus on on, on their spirit. Because sometimes your spirit is such a big part of who you are, and we ignore that as Americans. As Americans, a lot of us are overworked, underpaid, and overstimulized. Did I say that word right? Yes. Yes, we're <laughs> overstimulized. Maybe I did say that word wrong. Okay, well, anyways, you know what I'm trying to say. We're overstimulated. Ooh, there we go. Ooh, thank goodness. Because, you know, think about it. The TV's always on. Social media's always on. The cell phone's always on. All these bright blue screens are in our faces. But what does that do for us spiritually, right? It's like 100 blue screens that have no answers. Unless you got the Bible on there, which I do. You know, I go to different little Bible websites like Biblegate and Really, whatever I can find, because honestly, I, I don't want to sit up here and act like I got the answers and I don't. I've, I've done enough of that for a lifetime. All right, so I'm going to read the poem, Blue Screens. And um, maybe it's a little raw. I, I hope you like it still. I hope you do. Digital excitement turned into relationship slumber. Don't sleep on me. Even when the electric stops flowing, love, God, and work ethic is all you need. But 2K beckon louder. Pay attention like it's a nine to five. Though the things that give you pleasure won't keep you alive. But never came to see about me. Didn't give me the care I requested. Won't spare the involvement that a heart needs. Now you like every post. Now you check up on me. How does the apartment feel without me in it? How does your heart feel now that I'm gone? How is your spirit faring now that I'm moving on? Digital excitement turned into relationship slumber. Don't sleep on me. Even when the electric stops flowing, love, God, and work ethic is all you need. No one wants to be an option. Don't be so comfortable that you think I'll never leave. When you're losing false idols over me. Now you like every post. Now you check up on me. But in reality, it's too little too late. Like dying and realizing you won't make it past heaven's gate. I have no intentions on calling you again. 
I don't want to spend my free hours acting like I watch ESPN. You rarely tried to do anything that I liked. Now I wake up smiling. Now I sleep at night. No more glaze over eyes kindled by the light of blue screens. Thank you. Again, the name of this poem is Blue Screens. And yes, I want to let y'all know, every blue moon I be throwing shots, okay? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> All right, but um, anyways, anyways, let me, let me get my, past my own pettiness. I need to have God take that out of me and it needs to be worked on, okay? <laughs> because... Mm, if you know me, you know that I like to keep it real. Ooh, real. And I'm going to read you another poem. The name of this poem is Growing with Change. A turquoise view through painted glass exists for me and you. Look out the window. Icy wind blows. The hooting and howling can be heard down the block where the sidewalk is slick and men move like serpents, whispering into open ears, begging to be closer, utilizing deception to be near. Mahogany branches sway on mighty trees here, but never leave, bark keeps them rooted till their presence is cut off. Time passes, but the plant remains the same, not affected by the snow, doused by the rain, maintaining and growing even when the world undergoes change. Rings etch into the bark like hopeful reminders of a future ever blooming. Thank you. And the name of this poem is Growing with Change. Okay, because I need the Lord to change me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, I'm, when I came to Jesus, I said, I said, Jesus, I don't know. I don't know how many people there are in the kingdom of heaven like me, but I need healing. And I need to feel a little less alone because sometimes I be feeling socially awkward out here. And I remember my dad had to tell me, he said, um, because one time my ex-boyfriend, he called me a Jesus freak. I'm going to keep it real. And I was upset. I said, what? I said, what? And my dad, he told me, he said, um. No, it's okay. Don't be mad. It's true. We are Jesus freaks because we are a strange and peculiar your people. There's nothing wrong with that. Be proud of who you are. So what's your little different? So what's your little unusual? There's more than enough room for you in God's kingdom. And, and that's how I try to feel about myself. There's more than enough room for me. God wouldn't have made me this way if he didn't love me as I am. You know, and, and then there's some stuff I, that got to be burned off of me. Right now, I'm going through a process of purification. I've been going all through that fire. Just I done died. I done died five, six times. I'm just dying to myself. I say less of me, Jesus. Less of me and more of you. Okay, because whew, sometimes I, I whew, sometimes my flesh be wanting to cuss people out. My flesh be wanting to call people everything but a child of God. Okay, because ever since my dad died, people been trying me like forty going north. On a helicopter. But I try to tell myself, I tell myself, I say, Isha, Isha, you gotta get it together. Because you not only do you wanna receive the blessings of the Lord, but you want the Lord to tell you, Well done, my good and faithful servant, when your time comes. 
that's the only good job you will ever need because what these bosses tell you, what your friends and family tell you, it don't matter as much as what God tells you. And you can never put a man in a position of God and expect for God to respect that. Because God is a jealous God. He doesn't want any man to come before him. Okay? <laughs> so I'm going to read you another poem because I like, I like reading and I want to read to you. The name of this poem is Punch Drunk Heart. What does a punch drunk heart know about love? It feels without remorse. It beats without a care. Calm when you're around and on edge when you're not there. One minute up, the next down. A tryst comes. Romance goes, but the connection stays the same. Bathing in the sunshine, soaking in the warmth of the rain, trying against all odds, racking the memories of a battered brain, praying nonstop till your lips run out of words to say, believing all night questioning all day, wondering why old love fades. It follows you through adulthood. It holds you close through old age. Like a vintage bottle of wine, the taste grows more robust and crisp with time, turning into a flavor that's too complex to define. What does a punch drunk heart know about love? It feels without remorse. It beats without a care. Calm when you're around, then on edge when you're not there. It roams like a hermit crab devoid of a shell, wandering for a substance, looking for a peaceful place to dwell, knowing that happiness is a hop, skip, and a jump away, but rarely getting over the hill, even though it's giving up. It's excited still. And that's the nature of bruises. They're made to heal. Again, the name of this poem is Punch Junk Heart. Thank you for listening to that. I hope you appreciated that poem because I love it with my heart. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's another thing. I've been trying to learn how to get over. Like, what do you do when you feel pain, right? Like relationship pain, you know? And whether that be a friendship or, or a love relationship or a family relationship, how do you get over those bruises that, that don't show up, but they're still there, right? How do you get over that emotional hurt, that emotional turbulence, those moments when you feel as though you don't know what you're doing it for? You don't know how to get over it, but you know you don't want to feel this way any longer. And I'm here to tell you that there's no easy answers, but I'm hoping today I'm hoping tonight, I'm hoping right now that listening to my poetry and the sound of my voice can make you feel a little better. And if it can do that for you, baby, I'm glad it did because we are getting through this together. And together, we are lighter than light. We are lighter than feathers and it will be okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I get kind of corny, y'all. So, um... <laughs> All right, so the name of the next poem, because I'm just going to read to y'all until I'm done, because, you know, I'm just like a 30-minute um, podcast. So I'm going to read the next one to y'all. The name of it is Love Peak. Let love slide down mountaintops like an avalanche rolling from the peak of fortuitous hills. The fog of desires unrealized cover our moment of bliss until the reality of rapture encapsulated our still beating hearts. 
Thank you. And the name of that poem is Love Peak. And I know it's a shorty, but to me it's a goodie because I like short stuff as long as long as well as long stuff. Like I tend I tend to be one of those people. I can appreciate the beauty in the short and the long, right? Because sometimes not everything long is good. And sometimes not everything short is great. So it just depends on what it is. And, and, and that's vice versa as well. So the next poem I'm going to read for you, and this is the last poem of the night, is Cautious. Be cautious. High voltage. May be rude, may be kind. Snap off without notice, then act like everything's fine. Sincere eyes tucked behind a wise grin. Never know if you'll see them again. They're rare like hitting the lottery. Fickle like catching the wind. Stepping out every so often to feel the sand in between loose toes. To laugh at past mistakes. To blow kisses out the car window. But they disappear with the arrival of snow. When the birds return, love blooms with the scent of spring, and their ambitions soar on feathered wings. But until then, baby, be cautious. Thank you, and again, the name of that poem is Cautious. I hope you liked it. Okay, I hope you liked it, did it. Okay. <laughs> and you know, as we're coming to a close, because I only got like a minute left, I want to tell you, Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. Y'all make my day go round. And I want to be I want to be here more often for you guys. I want to try to do two episodes a week on Wednesday and Friday, so that's what I'm going to be working on next week. Is being consistent and giving you the love and the attention that you need. So, I'm going to say peace, but until I do, let me read you a poem on the way out. Name is poem is peace and it's a shorty but a goodie. Thankful is an understatement. When you've seen the light at the end of the tunnel, all the darkness you've been through fades away. The expectation of kindness is returned to its rightful place, and peace returns to dreams unbridled by fervent passion. Thank you. And the name of that poem is Peace. I hope you have a wonderful day and it all goes well for you. I want to thank you for tuning in to Hope Speaks Episode 7 with Isha Montgomery. And until next time, stay safe, be blessed, and may God love you. And all I wanted to say is that the joy of the Lord is my strength and it's yours too. Till next time. Bye.